Welcome into the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, the Locked On Aggies podcast. Your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics and a part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. When we say your team every day, we really mean it. Every NBA team, every NFL team, most of the MLB teams and the Locked On podcast network now branching off into college as you can see right now with the Locked On Aggies podcast, but there's also Locked On Wolverines from Michigan. There's Locked On Seminoles for Florida State, Locked On Sooners for Oklahoma. There's even Locked On BYU for the Cougars. The list goes on and on. So if you're a college sports fan, go ahead and uh, look up your team's podcast. I'm sure it's already out there. If not, it's coming soon. I can guarantee that. A lot to get to today, but first of all, uh, if you're not already following us on Twitter, go ahead and do that, at Locked On Aggies. Uh, you'll see a lot of Texas A&M-related news tweeted there. Also, new episodes are tweeted there each day. You can also follow my personal Twitter, at TaylorTravis15. And if you're wondering where you can find the podcast, if you're listening maybe uh, through one source and you're wanting to know where else you can find the podcast, well, there's a lot of different places you can do that. Either Apple Podcasts, from there you can subscribe, uh, tune in, Stitcher, Pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, you can find Locked On Aggies. So if you're looking for another outlet, uh, I'm sure you can find one. Like I said, anywhere that has podcasts, just search Locked On Aggies and you'll be able to find us there. Uh, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Saturday, 11 a.m. at Jerry World, a.k.a. the Death Star, a.k.a. AT&T Stadium. Uh, I said on yesterday's episode that I'm not a fan of AT&T Stadium. I'm not too thrilled that that's where they play Arkansas, but it is what it is. I'll be headed there Saturday morning to cover it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll be covering it for Sports Radio 1150 in the Zone 102.7 FM here in town. Uh, that's where I'm a, a swing host and a reporter, producer, also the afternoon sports anchor for News Talk 1620 WTAW. So I've been covering Texas A&M for a long time, and it's really fun for me. It's a privilege. I get excited every time I come in here to, re- to record the Locked On Aggies podcast. So thanks to you for listening, I'm glad that you are listening because it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have a podcast. So big thanks as always. Uh, yeah, Texas A&M, Arkansas, 11 a.m. on Saturday. There's a lot of really cool storylines. We kind of touched on it a little bit yesterday, but I wanted to dig in a little bit deeper because there really is a lot of interesting storylines. It seems like there always is when A&M takes on Arkansas, especially since A&M joined the SEC. But this year specifically. And one of the biggest storylines is Arkansas's new head coach. He took the job this past season, Chad Morris. Uh, he was a student at Texas A&M. He's an Aggie. He graduated with a degree in mathematics. He's one of those crazy people who enjoys math. But an interesting thing about Chad Morris is he didn't play football at A&M. He actually never played college football at all. And he's one of the five active FBS head coaches to have not played college football. So he's doing pretty well for himself. He was at SMU last year, took the Arkansas job over the offseason. He's in a little bit of a rebuilding mode. He has a lot of good athletes on his team, but the athletes on his team were recruited to play for Brett Bielema, who ran really a completely opposite style of offense. Uh, It couldn't be more different from Chad Morris. Bielema ran more of an offense that you would see maybe at Wisconsin, where Bielema was before Arkansas, where they like to line up and run it down your throat. Chad Morris is more of a spread-you-out, air-raid type guy. That's what he did at Lake Travis High School before he took the SMU job. Uh, So it's pretty interesting there because Chad Morris, during the offseason, every time he was asked about playing A&M, he kind of dodged the question, and he never mentioned Texas A&M by name. He never did. 
And at the SEC teleconference that took place uh, yesterday, I uh, tuned in to his eight minutes where he talked to the media, and he still never mentioned Texas A&M by name. And when he was asked about Texas A&M, he still kind of dodged it. I thought that was really interesting. I'm not sure exactly what the history is there. Maybe, because, uh, you know, remember when Texas A&M, when it was rumored that Kevin Sumlin was going to be fired, there was a lot of speculation nationally that Chad Morris would be a leading candidate to take that job. Now, if Jimbo Fisher didn't take the job, I'm sure Chad Morris would have probably been on the short list of guys who Texas A&M would have wanted to bring in. So I don't know if Chad Morris really wanted the Texas A&M job, and maybe he's uh, maybe a little sour grapes there. Maybe he's not too happy that he didn't get it. I'm not sure what it is. I really don't. Uh, Jimbo Fisher talked on his radio show last night. He said that him and Chad Morris have a really good relationship. He said Chad Morris was one of the high school coaches uh, who he was really close to back when Jimbo Fisher was an offensive coordinator at LSU. He recruited Texas a lot. And Chad Morris was one of the coaches who he'd sit down with and they'd talk about uh, you know game plans, strategy, stuff like that. And Jimbo Fisher said Chad Morris was one of the few who he was able to learn from. So Jimbo and Chad Morris have a good relationship, but for whatever reason, throughout the offseason, even yesterday, Chad Morris just, it seems like he doesn't like Texas A&M very much. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Also, John Chavis, the former Texas A&M defensive coordinator, is now the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. It's his first year. Uh, John Chavis didn't really work out at A&M when Texas A&M hired John Chavis. I was really excited about it. I mean, I saw John Chavis as one of the top two or three defensive coordinators in the entire country, but I think a couple things worked against him. I think, one, Texas A&M never really got the talent that he needed. They had talent maybe, you know, across the board when it comes to starters, but they never really had good depth, especially at linebacker and in the secondary. And if you ever saw those old LSU or Tennessee teams where John Chavis was the defensive coordinator, they were stacked at linebacker and in the secondary. So I think that always, you know, it, it didn't really work in his favor. Another thing that worked against him is I think John Chavis, I think the game's starting to pass him by a little bit. And you see that fairly often with college football coaches. For example, Chip Kelly right now at UCLA. I think that's what's happening. Now UCLA off to a really bad start. I know they lost Josh Rosen. I know they lost a couple key pieces on defense. But UCLA has some really talented players. And they're in a... I wouldn't say a week, but not necessarily a really strong, deep conference in the Pac-12. I mean, they lost to Cincinnati, for crying out loud. I think what the problem is there is Chip Kelly, when he was with Oregon, he was often referred to as one of the best coaches in college football, and that's because the style of play he ran, his offense, was so far ahead of his time. Well, you fast forward five, six, seven years, and other teams are catching on. You see a lot more teams run similar offenses. So it's not really as dangerous. It's not really uh, never-before-seen, new. I mean, not really as modern as it is now. So I think that's what's going on with Chip Kelly, and I think that might be what's going on with John Chavis. I don't know. I'm spitballing. I'm trying to wrap my mind around why it didn't work for John Chavis at Texas A&M because you would think it would. You would think that would be a match made in heaven. But it wasn't. I digress. John Chavis, now the defensive coordinator at Arkansas, they're playing pretty good defense against the run, not necessarily the pass. We'll talk more about that during this next segment. But that's a storyline in itself. The Texas A&M offense, some of the players, they remember that John Chavis defense from last year. They practiced against it. They became familiar with it over the years. It's going to be interesting to see if maybe Texas A&M holds an edge 
So I doubt John Chavis' defense looks that much different. We'll see. Now, Jimbo Fisher didn't play against John Chavis last year, but you know some coaches, they kind of have the same tendencies over the years, and Jimbo Fisher went up against John Chavis fairly often when Jimbo Fisher was the offensive coordinator at LSU and John Chavis was the defensive coordinator in Tennessee. They, they played each other in some really big football games, some SEC championships. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Another storyline is Arkansas has never beaten Texas A&M since joining the SEC. So you got to think, Arkansas wants it bad. They want it really, really bad. They didn't play terrible against Auburn. They had some really big mistakes. We're going to get to that in this next segment too. But Arkansas, I think, might be finding their stride a little bit. I still don't think they're a very good football team at all. But I think they're starting to find their stride. And Texas A&M coming off that game against Alabama they might be a little bit hungover. This might be one of those games where they come out a little bit flat. And this game could be a lot closer than some people think. But you know Arkansas wants this game. They're tired of losing to Texas A&M. It doesn't matter if there's a new head coach. doesn't matter if there's a new defensive coordinator. The players at uh, Arkansas right now have never beaten Texas A&M. And I bet you they're tired of going to AT&T Stadium and losing that game. So they won it. I think Texas A&M and Arkansas, it has the makings of a rivalry if Arkansas starts to beat Texas A&M and it starts to become a little bit more even because Texas A&M fans don't like Arkansas and Arkansas fans don't like Texas A&M. There's a lot of history there. The two teams date back to the Southwestern Conference. They used to play all the time. So I think you know people are trying to force Texas A&M and LSU into a rivalry. I think the more natural rival in the SEC for Texas A&M is Arkansas and vice versa. But those are just a few of the storylines that I see going into this Arkansas game. And I know it's an 11 a.m. game. Sometimes it's hard to roll out of bed and watch those. But this game could be a lot more interesting than people think. I know it's a 22-point spread as of now. But this game, I think, could be a lot closer than people think. And I'm going to tell you why after I tell you about FanDuel. You know I love fantasy football. You probably do too. But what I really love is daily fantasy football. And where I play my daily fantasy football is on FanDuel. There's no place like it. And in 2018, it's a new football season, FanDuel is offering you more ways to win than ever before. They're offering you several different types of games. It's not your run-of-the-mill fantasy football where you draft your team and you try to score more points than the other guy. You know what I'm talking about. They have that too, if that's your thing. But they give you so many more games, so many more options, so many more ways to win and get rich. They have the Gridiron Pick'em, which is simple. You pick the teams to win each week, the winner splits $10,000. So say 100 people pick uh, a perfect week, then that $10,000 will be split up between all 100 of you. There's also uh, Beat the Score, where you draft your team and FanDuel sets a preset score. For example, let's say it's 180. If your team scores more than 180 points, you win money. It's that easy. You don't have to worry about competing against anybody going head-to-head. All you have to do is beat that preset score. There's so many other ways to win. But if you go to FanDuel, you can check it out. You can see for yourself. There's something for everybody. I love it. You'll love it. I strongly recommend FanDuel. There's a FanDuel app, or you can play at FanDuel.com. You're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast. Locked On Aggies, your source for everything Texas A&M Athletics, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics, and a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We hit on this briefly on yesterday's show, and I wanted to go a little bit more in-depth today because I think it's a really, really big talking point for this game. But I talked on yesterday's show about how I didn't watch the Arkansas-Auburn game. I didn't because, I mean, the spread was 31 points. 
Arkansas has been awful this year. I thought Auburn was going to beat him by probably 40 points. Uh, turned out final score was 35-3. to And when I saw that score come across the ticker on the uh, screen on ESPN, I was like, okay, well, I didn't miss much. It was probably one of those games where Auburn took a big lead early. They took their feet off the gas. They kind of coasted to the finish. Okay, big deal, right? Well, I ended up looking at the box score. And what I found was almost disturbing. It's one of the worst stats I've ever seen as far as bad teams go. Like, if there's ever an indicator of how bad a team is, this is probably it. But Arkansas outgained Auburn in offensive yards. They outgained them. But they didn't even cover the 31-point spread. You heard that right. They outgained Auburn in offensive yards and didn't cover a 31-point spread. How is that possible? Well... I'll tell you how it's possible. They had a few turnovers. They allowed a punt return for a touchdown. They had a blocked punt, which gave Auburn field position around the 20-yard line. Uh, they and One of their fumbles even came, I think, at the 10. So there was a lot of scenarios. I think they allowed a kickoff return to go all the way back to like the Arkansas 20 or something like that, if I'm remembering right off the top of my head. But there was just mistake after mistake after mistake, which led to a short field for Auburn. And Auburn, as they should, took advantage of that. But still, one thing that stood out to me from that game is that Arkansas held Auburn to 119 yards on the ground. Just 119. Now, this Auburn team came into the game one of the top 30 schools in the country in rushing yards. Auburn, under Gus Malzahn, has always been a team that likes to run first. They run down your throat. Remember last year when they had Carrion Johnson and Cam Petway? Uh, it's been like that since back when they had Nick Marshall several years back. But Auburn likes to run the football, and they tried it against Arkansas. But Arkansas held Auburn to 119 yards and two and a half yards per carry. That's impressive. Oh, and by the way, Arkansas also sacked Jarrett Stidham four times. So Arkansas, A, got to the quarterback, and B, completely shut down Auburn on the ground, which is something you don't see very often in the SEC. It seems like Auburn is able to move the ball on the ground against just about anybody. So what does that mean for the matchup against A&M? What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you two things. Number one, we've seen Texas A&M try to run the ball against Clemson and Alabama. Now, Clemson has arguably the best defensive line in the country. I don't even think it's arguably. I think they do have the best defensive line in the country. Alabama has one of the best defensive lines in the country, a very good defensive line. They always do. That's just what Alabama does. But we saw Texas A&M try to run the ball against those two teams, and it didn't work. It, it just didn't work. The offensive line, which we knew was going to be a weakness for Texas A&M going into the year, but the offensive line has just been unable to get any push up front. Travion Williams hasn't had any holes to run through, which is a shame because I think Travion Williams is one of the best running backs in the conference. His talent is off the charts, but without a good offensive line, it's hard to be productive as a running back. But we saw Texas A&M struggle to run the ball against those two good teams. I'm not saying that Arkansas's defensive line is as good as a Clemson's or as good as an Alabama's. But Arkansas's defensive line is really talented, and they have some talent at linebacker as well. And unless the Texas A&M offensive line has shown improvement or figures some things out between the Saturday game against Alabama and this Saturday's game against Arkansas, I think Texas A&M is going to have a hard time running the ball. They're going to have to be very one-dimensional. They're going to have to beat Arkansas through the air, which Arkansas is very uh, 
<laughs> it's very easy to throw against Arkansas. They're 107th in the country against the pass. So I don't think Texas A&M's going to have a problem there. But they're still going to probably force you to be one-dimensional. And when that happens, it's it's dangerous. Because what if Kellamon's just a little bit off? What if the receivers are just having a bad game? You know, you just never know. You never want to be one-dimensional against an SEC opponent. Because most of the time, it just doesn't work. You put yourself in a situation you don't want to be in. But just to repeat some of these stats for you, to give you an idea. Again, Arkansas, the 7th best run defense in FBS, first in the SEC. Remember, they sacked the quarterback four times against Auburn. Now, Texas A&M has allowed 14 sacks already this year, which is the most allowed in a single season since 2010, eight years ago. This Texas A&M offensive line is not very good. And I think if there's one part of the game to point to, one matchup that might give Texas A&M trouble, it's the Razorback front seven against the Texas A&M offensive line. And what does every coach in the SEC say you have to do to win games in that conference? They say you have to win the battle at the line of scrimmage. I'm not saying Texas A&M is going to lose this game. I'm not even going to say they're in danger to lose this game. But what I'm saying is this game might be closer than you think. And as bad as this Arkansas team has been this year, I think they can give Texas A&M trouble. Again, because of the matchup up front, you have Texas A&M coming off a game against Alabama and Tuscaloosa where it seems like every time any team gets done with Alabama, they move on to next week, they're physically worn down, they're emotionally hungover, they come out flat. It's something, it's a real thing, it happens. And Arkansas still hasn't beat Texas A&M since Texas A&M joined the SEC, so you got to think, the Aggies have a target on their back. Arkansas has had this game circled for a while. I'm just saying, this game might be a lot closer than you think. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But that being said, I do think there's several areas, several matchups in the game that Texas A&M can, should, probably will dominate. And I'll talk about one of those right after I tell you about Vivid Seats. You know, I love a night out. And my favorite way to spend a night out is at the ball game. I love going to baseball games, football games, basketball games with my buddies. It's one of my favorite things to do. I also love concerts. I just like going out and being at a live event. And there's one place I go whenever I'm looking for tickets to go to that event. That's Vivid Seats. And right now, you're lucky because Vivid Seats is giving my listeners an exclusive offer, an exclusive promo code to use to get a great deal. If you're a new customer, if you've never used Vivid Seats, right now is a good time to jump on board because my listeners are getting a promo code that's locked on. Go to Google Play, go to the App Store, download the Vivid Seats app, use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. That's right. Promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more, new customers only. Now remember, it gets better. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. So from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats, they really have it all. So download the app and enter promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. It's a special offer for my listeners. Again, promo code locked on. You get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Next time you want to go to the ball game, next time you want to go to the concert, keep this in mind. Vivid Seats, promo code locked on. Very special offer for my listeners. Look, I wouldn't recommend them if they haven't been good to me. I've always found great prices. I've always had great deals. The 100% buyer guarantee is something that I love. I'm a big fan of. 
So again, promo code locked on gets you $20 off orders of $200 or more vivid seats. Again, you're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, at TaylorTravis15 on Twitter. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Locked On Aggies. Of course, Locked On Aggies is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I just got done talking about one part of the game that Texas A&M might have trouble with up front, the Texas the Arkansas defensive line going up against the A&M offensive line, the A&M offensive line, having their share of troubles this year, the Arkansas defensive line being one of the best in the country. But after going back and watching that Arkansas-Auburn game, I realized there was one area where Texas A&M could take full advantage of and could possibly dominate this game. And that's special teams. And it's interesting that special teams was such a problem for Arkansas because it's been for a while. Remember when Brett Bielema was the head coach at Arkansas, he didn't have a special teams coach. He kind of handled that himself. And the Arkansas special teams units were just year in and year out really bad. And now Chad Morris takes over as head coach, and he's kind of taking on those special teams duties himself, and it's not working out so well. It's really not. I think the last time Arkansas had a good special teams unit was under Bobby Petrino back in the day. I say back in the day as if it was a long time ago. It really wasn't. It was maybe, what, seven, eight years ago. But Bobby Petrino had John L. Smith as his special teams coach. John L. Smith eventually took over as interim head coach when uh, Bobby Petrino got fired after that whole scandal with the affair and the motorcycle accident. But Arkansas has really been known for bad special teams play over the last several years. And you look at the game they had against Auburn, they gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown. They gave up a 48-yard punt return, a 36-yard punt return, both punt returns putting Auburn in great field position and eventually led to touchdowns. They gave up a blocked punt, a 22-yard punt that was nearly blocked. I mean, it might have grazed the tip of the Auburn's defender, the Auburn defender's hands. It was really close to being blocked, and they had a missed field goal. So that gets me thinking. It seems like Texas A&M's punt returner, Rashad Paul, has been really close to breaking a few punt returns for touchdowns this year. And maybe this is when it happens. Maybe this could be the big difference in the game. Maybe Rashad Paul is going to be unleashed against Arkansas because he's had a really good year returning punts overall. And sometimes people overlook that because they think, okay, if he didn't run it back for a touchdown, it wasn't a great return. Well, a part of being a good returner is knowing when to call a fair catch making difficult catches on the run when you have to, and fielding it cleanly. You don't want to muff the punt and give your opponent the ball in good field position. He's been really smart back there, and there's been times when he fields that punt and he takes off, and he's one, maybe two blocks away from taking it back to the house. Well, Arkansas is very prone to that, and I'm thinking maybe this game is when Rashad Paul is unleashed and he takes one back to the house. And in a close game, I'm not saying this game's going to be close. I haven't decided what my final prediction's going to be. But if it is a close game, special teams oftentimes the difference. And a Rashad Paul punt return for a touchdown would be huge. Now, Kwame Etwe, Texas A&M's kickoff returner, I haven't been very impressed with him. I don't think he has the breakaway speed to be a big difference maker back there. But at the same time, I guess Jimbo Fisher sees something that I don't. So maybe he will break one. I don't know. But another thing to keep an eye on, I noticed during the Alabama game, I noticed this during the Clemson game, I've noticed this really every game Texas A&M has played, but it seems like every time the opposition kicks a field goal or lines up to punt, Texas A&M is really close to blocking that punt or kick, whatever it is. 
Remember, they blocked that field goal against ULM. Tyrell Dodson scooped it up, ran it back for six. They're getting a lot of push up front. And Jimbo Fisher said on his radio show yesterday that he's very happy with the special teams units because his teams are getting really close to making those big plays. And those plays oftentimes, like I said, are the turning point of games and oftentimes the difference in the games, especially when it's a close game late. So I think special teams could be the difference in this game. I think Texas A&M special teams unit as a whole has been fantastic this year. You look at the numbers, Arkansas has not, not even close. One of the worst in the country. So if you're looking for a matchup, if you're looking for an area in the game that Texas A&M should, could, probably will dominate and win, it's special teams. And there's a lot more too. We'll get to that tomorrow. We're about out of time today. But tomorrow, I want to break down the Texas A&M offense against the Arkansas defense a little bit more because we talked about the matchup up front, the Texas A&M run game against the Arkansas run defense. I want to talk about the A&M pass game against the Arkansas pass defense and flip the script. Talk about the Arkansas offense against the Texas A&M defense. We'll do that tomorrow, but we're out of time. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, at TaylorTravis15 on Twitter. You can follow the show at Locked On Aggies. Again, Locked On Aggies, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.